name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our Courageous Wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a wonderful episode for you this week with a returning guest, Nadine Jane, who was on the podcast back in 2019. Um, but we have a wonderful conversation about her new book and the work she's been up to. But before we get to that, we're going to do our usual check-in and weekly updates. Um, Erica, for once, I'm the person who has a content <laughs> fun. You're always bringing the fun content, but I have a fun content update this week. Yes. Tell us about it. It's on HBO Max. It's a new TV show created by Dan Levy, uh, the creator of Shit's Creek. And it's actually, I mean, it's a reality format show, but it's a cooking show called The Big Brunch. And it is so fun. I, I'm a huge fan of cooking shows because I just, to lo- I love food. I love to look at food, make food and eat food, um, which I think Dan really loves too. I, I don't know about the the making food part, but he loves, he's a food lover. And he handpicked all of the contestants who are doing wonderful work in their community in a like with a culinary spin with from a culinary perspective and in their communities. I mean, they're from all over. And um two additional judges with him and he's sort of the host too. And it has a brunch theme and you'd think that like would get kind of boring after one episode, but I have to say I've, I've watched two so far and they're highly creative. Um, and it's really kind too. Like it's high stakes. The contestants are playing for $300,000, wow. um, but which they can then use to help sort of their own culinary dreams come true, open a restaurant, whatever it might be. But yeah, I have to say they're just like loving and kind people. The judges are kind. They're hard and they're critical when needed on the food, but they're so supportive and loving of all of the people. And I just think the vibe is really like, I read a review. It was like, what a heartwarming cooking competition basically I'm excited to check it out I keep seeing it it's on HBO Max right yeah mm-hmm. yeah I keep because I've been watching a lot of like comfort television so I've been watching like I've been re-watching Gossip Girl because I miss New York and it's just like a nice background of New York while you're doing work or other things and um but I see the promo for it every time I log into HBO mm-hmm. Max um because that's where Gossip Girl is too and 
doing lots of reminiscing, even with our episode with Nadine Jane, I was just remembering our first, it was 2019 and we were in her apartment in New York in Brooklyn at the time. And now she is, she's now West coast based again. And, um, it was such a fun trip. I think that was our first big podcast trip to New York. I think it was, I think it was, we did a couple in 2019, but yeah, it's when we used to record in person, how things have changed. And now we did it via zoom, but it was, it was so nice. And you know me, I love astrology. And so I loved, I loved connecting with Nadine, Nadine in this episode. And, um, yeah, it was just so good. So just like a lot of reminiscing comfort TV on my end still, but I'm going to check that out. <laughs> Definitely. Do you have any um, other updates? I know we have some fun promos. Do you want to talk, talk yes. to our listeners about that? Yes. I will tell you about our current promos. What's really exciting is um, we have a couple. So as you know, we are huge fans of Sakara. We've worked with them and partnered with them. It's an organic plant-based meal delivery service. Um, everything is plant-based, gluten-free, really, really, really delicious. And I'm not the cook of the two of us. So I love meal deliveries because especially with Sakara, there are things I would never think to make on my own. And, um, and it's really convenient for me because I'm not, I'm not the chef, but, um, they also have a beautiful boutique where I stock up on my metabolism, super powder and seasonally they have their popcorn, like their holiday popcorn, which I get you every love year. The popcorn. Yes. Oh my God. It's so good. They have like a plant-based cheesy popcorn. Mm-hmm. They have like a sweet savory popcorn. It's so good. It's so good. And, um, last year I also indulged and bought their manifestation candle, which is the best smelling candle I have personally ever used. I'm a big candle self-care person. No, it really, it really is. Um, somebody else had told me about it and that's what they said. They're like, I wish it came in a body oil. And, um, that, that kind of convinced me to try it and buy it and save it for the new year. Cause I have all my holiday. I'm like, so basic pumpkin spice, you guys over here, my house smells of pumpkin spice year, like this time of year, but I bought the manifestation candle to save for the new year. And I loved it. I loved it so much. And anyway, that takes me to Sakara has their only sale of the entire year for black Friday and they offer 25% off and most things sell out. And this is for new customers and returning customers. And, um, and it starts obviously on black Friday, but because we're partners with them, we have a code that lets you start shopping their black Friday sale this week. So that code is going to be in our show notes. It's different than our usual code. Um, so check out our show notes to find it there. You can click on our link, you can shop. It'll also be in our link tree on Instagram, but you can and start saving. I can 25%. tell you guys what it is here. Too. So you're our unique black Friday code that Eric is talking about is XO Courageous, which is our usual code, dash BF22. So Perfect. that's XO Courageous dash BF22. Um, and yeah, that'll get you the 25%. So definitely take advantage of that. And as you know, um, we have some wonderful kind of limited uh, promos with some of the milk and honey spa locations right now in Los Angeles. Of course, you can always use year round our CW podcast code at any of the spa locations in Los Angeles or outside of Los Angeles for any um, 
for 20% off any spa service. And you can use that on the online boutique as well. But right now for Culver City and Brentwood spas, you can use the code CWBESTIE. Bring a friend or a partner or just a random person that you <laughs> want to get a spa service with. And you basically get two services for the price of one. It's 50% off both services. So use yep. that code CWBESTIE. It's running through the end of the year. Honestly, you can't beat it. Um, no. It's a great gift, um, a great thing to just like, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's gift unwind. season. Absolutely. And that's, I, I personally love gifts are my love language. So I really love giving gifts. Um, I really love giving gifts. I'm a Libra. We go into it. I'm very Libra and I love giving gifts. <laughs> and they also do gift certificates. So that's yep. another option too. Like milk and honey gift certificates are great um, gift that you can offer. And again, they have spa locations all over Texas, two in LA, one in Chicago. I believe one's opening in Miami soon too. So um, check it out or take advantage of the online shop at milkandhoney.com. So I think we should get into the episode. What do you think? I do too. I loved this conversation. And this week on the podcast, we welcome back astrologer and new author Nadine Jane. In our first conversation with her, we went deep into the birth chart. We talked sun, moon, rising signs, Mars and Venus signs, and we talk about the cusp sign. So we definitely recommend you go listen to that. And that's linked in our show notes as well to go listen to her first ep episode. But today we dive deep into her new book, which was just released on November 1st. It's called Magic Days, a guide through the spiritual journey of every day and birthday of the year. Magic Days reveals how the current astrological season, along with the wisdom of tarot and numerology, can help you connect to the magic that exists in every moment. In Magic Days, you'll discover guidance for each day's particular journey based on astrology, tarot, and numerology, along with a mantra, a ritual, and a journaling prompt. You'll also find special information if it's your birthday, kind of like a modern birthday book. So you can take the day's spiritual wisdom to heart when it comes to your personal journey, relationships, goals, and dreams. We have a great discussion and really break down the details of her new book. And she helps explain tarot numerology in really accessible ways. And she even breaks down my own birth date for us, which was super resonant for me, kind of eerily so. We appreciate Nadine for having this conversation. We always love getting to see her and we really hope you enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? 
We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. So welcome, Nadine. We are so excited to have you back on the podcast. And as we teased just before, we we are so excited to get into your new book. Um, It's incredible. We've both taken a deep dive into it. And as we mentioned, we have some like basic housekeeping questions about the book and we have some deep questions. But before we get into all of that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? We're going to reference in our show notes, your previous episode, but for anyone who hasn't listened to that, who are you and how did you get into astrology? What is your wellness journey? So, um, yeah, again, we talked about it at length last time, so I'll keep it brief, but I basically used to be a graphic designer, um, but like many people, I was really, really entranced in love with astrology from a super young age. And while I was a graphic designer, I was called the in-house astrologer at the company that I was working for at the time. And it was a startup. So I think it was a 30th employee. By the time I left, it was 130 people. And so what I did was I just took every new and willing employee out to lunch and read their birth chart. And, uh, as many people do, I got a little bit stagnant and bored and unfulfilled in my career as a graphic designer. And so outside of work, I decided like many millennials do to make an Instagram account. And I wanted to pour all of my astrology knowledge into this account. I thought it would just be for my friends because as many people know, once you start getting into astrology, you become the in-house astrologer for your friend group. And so I was like, well, rather than fielding all these questions, maybe I'll just design something really cool and my friends can follow it on Instagram. And then slowly but surely as Instagram does, it ended up turning into a career, I think about a year and a half after I began the Instagram account itself. Yeah, I remember um, 
when we first met you. And I think we probably were introduced to your work via Instagram too, I would imagine. So, um, and you sharing, sharing all that with us. And I know even like Erica has in particular, really started to expand her own knowledge recently about astrology. And even just like, you know, all of the, you know, our mutual friends like are now hitting you up and she's like, well, I, you know, I can tell you this, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's funny. I definitely, I can see that for sure how that happens. Um, since we've last spoken to you though, you have written this beautiful book called magic days and it's yeah it's called magic days your journey through the astrology numerology and tarot of every day of the year so it's it's a kind of a yes i mean there's 365 days that you go through <laughs> which is which is so much it has sort of the um i think the like the fun of one of the, what's that older book like that big birthday, birthday book. book yeah i remember like going to a salon or something and they had that there and that was always so fun diving in but this definitely um goes deeper in in um especially in numerology and in tarot which we haven't um really touched on on the podcast before so i'd love just to start out can you share with us how this book came to be what your inspiration for it was and what you what your real like mission with it is So great question. So it was, to your point, inspired by the original birthday book. I think the exact title is, um, oh, I'm not going to, sorry, by the way, sorry, I swear. Um, I don't remember the exact, but anyway, it's colloquially colloquially known as the birthday book. I think it was written in the 80s. So the inspiration with me and Penguin, who's the publisher, was let's do a modern take on the birthday book. It hasn't been not rewritten, but it hasn't been expanded upon since the eighties. Like that could be kind of cool. But as I, and so that was the original plan was like, let's just do a personality book. And then we expanded on it and we were like, but the birthday book is awesome, but you can only really use it a couple of times. Cause you read your birthday, you read your friend's birthdays, you read your lover's birthdays, and then you're kind of done with the book to a certain extent. And so what we wanted to do is also make it a daily reader. So a book that you could read every single day of the year. So that's why the book is a tomb. It's 800 pages. So, you know, half for the day and half for the birthdays of every day of the year. And so the inspiration, once I started getting into the writing process was, I really didn't feel like the book wanted to be a personality reading. I didn't feel like that was what the book newly wanted to say. I didn't think that was like a fresh perspective on the whole thing. And plus on a very personal level, I think I just grown really tired of telling people who they were, which is so much of what astrology readings are for. And I was more inspired just on a personal level of like, how can I just get people in touch and put the power back in their own hands of cultivating a life of meaning. And rather than telling them either how their day is going to go or what their personality is. And so what really changed about the book, I think like six months into the process, I went to my publisher, we had already written, I had already written like a, a fair bit, I think I'd written two months of the book. And I went to my editor, I was like, I'm so sorry, like, I don't think the book wants to be this. I think I, I think this book wants to be the journey of every day of the year and the journey of every birthday of the year. So again, rather than focusing on personality, focusing on your evolution, because I think in so many ways, that's more, and I'm sure you guys know, like courageous wellness, thinking about how we're ever expanding. I'm sure you guys are never done on your own personal wellness journeys. And so I just really wanted to write a book that reminded each of us it's the in-between that matters, not 
you know, these huge milestones or like these fundamental things about us, I think the evolution of a person can be so much more inspiring and interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. That's what I thought was so exactly what you said. It's this, of course, when I first got the book, I went right to my birthday as I'm sure many people do, but then realizing, oh, I can use this every single day and, and see what the energetics of this day are. And so can you elaborate on that? Like, how is that possible? Right? Like, how is this? Because for instance, I've, I've read my birthday. I know Allie's read hers. We've read people and it's so, it's so crazy, right? How much resonates, but that you get to really decide and take how that expresses for you. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So it's like, how, how do you, how do you do this? And I'm going to start there. I have so many questions. I'm like, how, how is this possible? How do you do this? So I think the biggest lift of the book was exactly to your point. How do you weave together these three really different esoteric practices? Like uh, we'll probably get into it later, but astrology, numerology, and tarot are not the same thing. They get grouped together because they're used in divination, which is, you know, kind of attempting to predict the future. They're also used for personality reading. So they have similarities, but I think what was so fulfilling, but difficult about this was you take a Scorpio, let's say you give them the number six, cause that's the day of their birthday. You give them the, uh, six of, uh, Uh, cups which is the water sign and then you give them the lovers which is the major arcana from the tarot please everyone if this makes no sense you don't worry it'll make sense when you read the book but how do you weave all of those different esoteric practices into one narrative for a person so what I got really inspired by weirdly enough was Taylor Swift's folklore album I got obsessed with the notion of like let me write it as if you're this mythic character who's going to meet these mythic energies and so I put names to every one of these practices so instead of telling you hey your number is six I said hey your number is devotion and so that it gives this sort of energy of like okay cool at some point in life I'll engage with the energy of devotion that's my higher path my higher calling so long-winded way of saying It was just a creative practice of how do you merge all of these stories that are true for every day of the year into one narrative. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it was a really, really interesting exercise. Yeah, it's it seems like it's also I mean, because there's 365 days, you're you're weaving these three components together and then sort of doing two different versions, both the like the day for the day and for the person who has that birth date. It seems like an enormous amount, like a huge time commitment um, to do it for. And so I'm curious, like if you, if we just kind of break it down to like a single day that you're about to write, Mm -hmm. what can you share with us a little bit about your process um, for what that might look like for a person, let's just say like, let's take it down to the birthday, a person born on this particular day. Um, mm-hmm. Do you then do the, do you start with the birth chart? Like where, mm-hmm. what is your, I guess, like the smaller details of the process to approach mm-hmm. that specific day look like? Can we use your birthday as an example? And can you yes. tell me your birthday? My birthday is April 8th. April 8th. So you're an Aries. I'm an Aries. So Here, what I'll I would do. It up. Yes. So what I would do first and foremost is I would ask myself, 
what uh, specific point of Aries season is she born in? And so you're born in like the, the latter half, the earliest part of Aries season is late March. Yeah. And so what I would ask myself is, well, what does that say about her as an Aries? And so I would think about you as this mythic character mm-hmm. and I'd be like, okay, she's going to be fearless, but she's also going to have X, Y, and Z nuances to her personality. And then what I would think is, okay, so then her number for that day is April, which is four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four plus eight is 12. Okay. And then I would be like, okay, so her number so 12, one plus two equals three. three. And so I would say is, okay, so her guiding force for her life is the number three. What does that mean about her? And then I would say, okay, so an Aries who's typically so ambitious and kind of in some ways like single-minded, suddenly she's going to be asked to go on a path of flexibility. Mm-hmm. She's going to have to learn how to collaborate. So like you doing a podcast is so interesting. She's going to have to learn to take in a bunch of different perspectives rather than just her own and then the next place I would go is okay so what's her tarot cards and so it would be the three of wands because wands is fire again this is going to go over a lot of people's heads but that's okay three of wands is a lot about being willing to try new things so it's that moment in our astrology practice where we're like I think I want to learn tarot even though I know nothing about tarot so a lot of your life's journey is about being able to kind of uh, try something new and be willing to be a beginner. So like beginner's mm-hmm. luck is a huge part of your journey. And then the last piece of it is 12. There's 21 major arcana. So I didn't have to distill that into a singular number. Mm-hmm. And 12 is called the hanged man, which is I rebranded it for this book, which is about surrender. And mm-hmm. it's about saying the most meaningful times in my life is when I throw my hands up and say, I don't know. And when I'm put in really excruciatingly uncomfortable moments in my life, and I'm able to, you know, actually thrive rather than just survive. And so long winded way of saying what I begin with is the hero you I think about who this person is. And then I think about what would it look like to go on this wild ride of like her engaging with the three of wands, her engaging with the number three and all those things. And what I would hope for you to take away from that is to notice the moments where you're like, oh, I'm being called to be the hanged man right now. Meaning I'm typically in areas I want to be in charge, but in this moment I need to surrender and just learn and experience and be in limbo and be uncomfortable and all those things. So that's kind of how I would take a singular birth date. Yeah. Thank you for walking us through that. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And it does, as Erica said, you know, from the dates, like from my own birthday to people in my family that I read, of course, immediately, it's very, there's a lot of like really resonant um, stuff, whether you like, whether you want to resonate with it or not. Like, <laughs> That's totally. what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say is I wish I could put a disclaimer somewhere it won't hit you like a personality reading. A Mm-mm. personality reading, you go, oh, that's totally me. This book should almost be like a slow burn where you're like, yeah, that resonates with me, I think. And then you start to notice it and you're like, oh, fuck. Wow. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm yeah. such a No, it's okay. You can her. <laughs> okay. But yeah. So for example, my birthday, I was like, yeah, that super does resonate, I think. But that's really hard for someone like me to do. And so yeah. it's not uncommon for you to read it and kind of, not rub up against it, but to, to be kind of like, yeah, that's, that's some of the most difficult things I've had to work through in life. I don't think these journeys are meant to be so harmonious with our personalities. I think they're supposed to be inherently challenging. Like anything wellness related should be is challenging your beliefs and trying to be a better person, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think that's, what's so cool about this book is that it, it's like in reading it there, it's part of your evolution too. 
It's not just like, it doesn't just like (laughs) explain what the evolution can be. It also helps you to like, it pushes you to be like, oh oh yeah, that's, that's real. (laughs) Well, and that's what I think is actually so cool, right? Because a lot of this stuff, right? Like tarot, numerology, astrology, it can feel esoteric, but actually I think you bring it forth in such a grounded inclusive way, because I think sometimes at least, and we've had so many discussions about this where so much, so many people are so into the esoteric that it can limit and exclude other people where all of this should be accessible to all of us. And so I think, right, like, yes, some of it may be like, ah, that's a little woo for me, but the way you're describing it, the way this book reads, the way you talk about your process, it's, you know, (laughs) we love dogs, but the way you talk about your process is not like, it doesn't feel right. Like these are esoteric topics, but you're bringing it to life in a way where even if you don't vibe with it at all, you're going to, you can get something from it and be included in the conversation. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you yeah, so much. Of course. And, and I think that's why, so before we even go into, cause like I said, I have some housekeeping questions about like specific things, specific words. I'm a cuss baby. So some cuss questions, of course, but let's just start at, you know, before we even get to the days you break down again, which I love just for anybody who hasn't purchased the book yet, you know, you break down astrology, the personality of the day and birthday, numerology, the path of the day, tarot, the tarot, like you break everything down. So it's understandable and digestible even before we're getting to our birthdays. So can you talk a little bit maybe about for anybody who really is new to numerology and tarot specifically, what is it? Why is it important? And how does that kind of bring it back to, right? We're talking a lot about the birthdays, but you said this is a daily reading. So you might resonate with the numerology or like this energy of your birthday, but you know, today at the day of recording, we could go to this day and also read the energy. So can you talk maybe a little bit about that component? I know that's a lot of questions, but yeah, numerology, tarot, and why we can all resonate with every day. Yeah. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that began as luxury day spas in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas, Chicago, and Los Angeles, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue Beauty Secrets video. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers a wide variety of clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, and more. Some of my favorite products include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, the Super Goop Glow Screen and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are lovely, and we both are big fans of their treatments, and now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk & Honey to offer a Courageous Wellness Spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. 
The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with a body brushing treatment, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home that stimulates your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. And from now through the end of the year, Milk and Honey has offered some exclusive specials for Courageous Wellness listeners to use at their spa locations. For any new or existing spa customers, you can save 20% on any spa service with code CWPODCAST. And as a holiday treat from now through the end of the year, at Milk and Honey, Brentwood, and Culver City locations, bring a friend to the spa and you'll both take 50% off your spa service with code CWBESTIE. You can find links to book at the spa, shop online, and all the codes in our show notes on our Instagram link tree or website. CWBESTIE saves 50% for you and a friend at Los Angeles spa locations and CW podcast saves 20% online at the spa for new and existing customers on any treatment through the end of the year. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Jen natural toothpaste, a toothpaste like no other. There is nothing more important than fresh breath and dental wellness. We've even done episodes on it. And we are so happy to have Dr. Jen natural toothpaste as a sponsor of the courageous wellness podcast. Dr. Jen natural toothpaste is a toothpaste created by a real dentist using nourishing and natural ingredients proven to remineralize tooth enamel to prevent decay. The founder, Dr. Jen, isn't just someone who got an idea and made a toothpaste. She's a highly trained and experienced dental professional. As a mom of three kids and a dentist, she knows how important it is to provide safe, natural, and healthy products for our long-term health and development. This is what started her on the quest to find a natural toothpaste that actually works. After not seeing an adequate toothpaste available, she took on the challenge to satisfy this gap. Bringing in her prior experience as an engineer and working alongside chemists, she created the ultimate natural toothpaste using clinically proven ingredients to strengthen teeth. We are huge fans of the Yummy Toothpaste with ingredients that are good for you and the environment. All products are also made from sustainable ingredients and biodegradable materials. If you want to try Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, you can save 10% with code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout when you visit www.drjennatural.com. That's www.drjennatural.com. All information can also be found in our show notes. Yeah. Numerology is a fascinating practice. I really geek out about it, to be honest. It's literally, you guys, finding meaning within numbers. It's as simple as it might seem. Um, And I think it's so fascinating to think about how when we were all kids, I don't know if you guys were on sports teams, but like fighting to get the jersey number that you like, like I was obsessed with the number 13. And I didn't know why. But now that I'm studying numerology, I could have a guess, you know what I mean? So uh, numerology is saying maybe my birth date matters. Maybe my anniversary date matters. You know, like when you think about maybe for you guys, even it would be fun to be like, what was the beginning of courageous wellness? Like literally what was the date in which we decided to do this? And what was the number at hand there? 
And so, yeah, it's, it's, it is a little bit of math involved. So especially if you're working with dates, you're literally adding up the numbers within that date. So like 11, four, November 4th or something like that, you'd have to add up those numbers. So yeah, numerology is just, can we find meaning within numbers? And I think most of us spiritual seekers would say, yeah, everything has meaning. And absolutely, you know, for example, we are all a little bit auspicious when it's 11, 11, for example, that's numerology. And, um, and then if you think even about listing things, you know, you're making a to-do list, number one, number two, and it's almost prioritizing things and they, the numbers build upon each other. So that's numerology. And then tarot is so interesting. Really a fun fact I always love to say is it was made in the 15th century as a card game, like a play, like a true just game. It had nothing to, it was not an esoteric practice. And over time, uh, it was, they were able to come up with iconography first and foremost, but also the stories behind those visual images and what they could mean for people. And it developed into a spiritual practice where you'd speak to the tarot deck and you'd ask it questions, you know, what am I doing with my career? How can I better enhance my relationship? Some people use it for predictive work, you know, what's going to happen next month. And what you do is you shuffle the deck and then you pull a card. You could pull multiple cards and then you read the interpretation of what those cards mean. So then to your final question, which is what does that mean on a daily basis? We're not pulling cards for tarot for these dates. So another way to use tarot is actually numerology. So many tarot practitioners, for example, when they're giving a forecast for the calendar year, they will add up 2022 to the number six, two plus two plus two equals six, which is ruled by the lovers and which is just a card. And they'll explain why the lovers rules this year and they'll do their own predictive work around that. And so what the book does is similar is I would say, well, I'll take today's date, 11, seven. So I would say 11 plus seven is 18. And then if you take 18, one plus eight equals nine. And so the numerology of the day is nine. The tarot card is nine of cups because we're in Scorpio season, which is a water sign. That's a little bit too nuanced to get into maybe right now. And then uh, 18 is the card of the moon for the tarot. There's 72 cards in the tarot deck, so you can get pretty high up there. Um, and yeah, so what it would mean for you on a daily basis is these are the energies you're invited to engage with. No problem if you don't want to. Like my entire family are scientists. So like I don't have a huge family that's going to be vibing with this stuff, but not in a bad way. I think that that stuff is available to us. I, I have this huge belief that like it's such a dance between fate and self-will. And so I really think what I love about this book is I just wanted to make it a very open invitation. Take it if you want. Don't worry about it if you don't feel like you don't have to read this book every day if you're just not in the mood to engage with these larger forces. But if you want to do a spiritual dance that day, if you're saying, tell me, teach me, show me what I should be kind of aspiring to do, then I think these practice can, practices can be incredibly informative for how to make the most of your day. So I don't know if that answers your second question, but that's my take. Yes, it yeah. does. Thank you. And I think that kind of speaks to the kind of approachable nature. I know that's how Erica and I like to approach this stuff. It's like, it's just another tool that can be fun or can help push you or help you think about things or whatever it might be. Um that we can choose to engage with as you're as you're describing. And um 
And, and that's cool. Like as far as like, a, you know, we all have our own spiritual practices. She and I practice Buddhism as like the foundation of our spiritual. Yeah. And that's actually how we met, but it's like this kind of stuff can, I feel like no matter what your spiritual practice, if you define it, if you don't, if you have one, if you don't, it can be sort of exactly what we were talking about when I was saying I read it, whether, and I resonated with it, whether I wanted to or not, it helped me self-reflect about a, a few things in my life. And that's never a bad thing. That's always something that is, um, is like helpful on, on the journey of being a human and, and living. So I think that's how we, that's why this work or your work in particular in the space feels pretty approachable um, or accessible where sometimes I think as Erica was mentioning, like some of the esoteric or the way certain people approach it feels very um, like unattainable or like otherly in a sense, if that makes sense. Yeah. And also um, like taking one's power away and by the way like I'm guilty of that too like in in not even just in my work but how I engage with these practices as well as like I think we all want someone to just tell us what the answer is like yeah. in a very overt way and I think that's why astrology out of any of these practices is kind of the most appealing because it can get the most precise I think yeah. uh, that's just an opinion uh but just cuz you could literally predict down to the millisecond what some what what the energy is going to be and what I really wanted to do for my own sanity with this book is to say I really want to write something that isn't predictive and it isn't plainly written of like this is it sorry like deal with it sort of thing um this is just like an invitation so yeah long story short is i i agree and i think it's something i'm really always thinking about is how not to take someone's power away from self-development it's such an individual journey yeah no i mean yeah oh like yeah we we are so in line with with your vibe <laughs> and the way you write clearly and so we do i do have a couple of like general questions about some of the things that i was reading um there were a couple parallels with ali that came up um as i mentioned i'm a cusp baby and i love that you you talk about cusp i remember the last conversation we had you said um there's no such thing as cusps right um you are either I was born on September 22nd. That's always read as a Virgo, but I am a Libra. I was born at zero degrees Libra. And that is, that is my sign. Right. Um, so I know we talked about in the last conversation, so, you know, head on over to that one to learn more, but for instance, okay. So I guess it's like a double question. Cause this came up for Ali. So on my day of September 22nd, for instance, it says Virgo, of course, but then it says rulers, Mercury and Venus. And then, of course, there's the asterisk. Are you a Libra born on this day? Head to this other page to learn more. Um, but my question, I guess, to start is about the rulers. Because, right, so would Mercury and Venus still be my rulers? Because I know Ali saw she also had two rulers on her day, and she isn't a cusp. So did my husband. So maybe we could start with the rulers there. Yes. And remind me, sorry, I, I missed this one piece. What is your birth? Like what, what's cusp are you on? You're a Libra, I'm September 22nd. Yeah. So that's my Perfect. birthday. Mm-hmm. Yes. So your rulers are Venus, not Mercury, comma okay. Venus. So two, there is, so you're born at the very beginning of Libra season. Yes. So you're as pure as it can get. So in our last conversation, what I mean is cusp don't exist. 
is there is no such thing as like a Virgo Libra. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yes. not like a mishmash of yes. the two signs or something. But what is true is that you're born in the sun and the when the sun shifts, you're born on the bridge between Virgo and Libra, but it yes. doesn't influence your personality in the same way. And so anyways, to your point around your birthday, different rulers, but what's difficult about it is that you still have that day's energy within you. Yes. And so according mm-hmm. to this book, which is different than my astrology, pure astrology lens, my different take for you for this specific reading is you are kind of a cusp. You mm-hmm. actually are a fusion <laughs> of these two, two concepts. Mm. And so for you, you're still ruled by the same numbers. You're still ruled by the same major arcana. And in some ways you're still ruled by the same astrological energy, mm. but you bridge the gap into beautiful Libra season, mm. which is why you get a secondary ruler. So you are living between two worlds, kind of, at least according to this specific read on someone's birth date and so yeah long story short you kind of get a two for one special when you're a cusp for this specific reading that's really and actually my mercury is also in libra so it's just funny that my two rulers are mercury and venus um and then so what about those other dates right like my husband is a december baby and he has jupiter and and mars i think but he's not a cusp and Allie, you had i have mars and the sun Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. And then some people just have one, right? Some people just have one ruler. So can you talk a little bit about that? So those are what's called decans. So this is like a, a true astrological term. So there's 30 degrees in every zodiac sign. So it depending on if you're born early on in a season or later in a season or in the midst of a season, you have different sub rulers. So for example, let's just roll with Libra. Uh, all of, well, actually, let me think of one I can for sure do off the top of my head. Um, maybe Aquarius. If you're born early on in Aquarius, you just have one ruler, which is Uranus. And the reason why is you're the purest of the energy of Aquarius. If you're born halfway through like the middle 10 dates of Aquarius season, your sub ruler is Mercury. And so you're still of all of that Uranian energy, but then it's laced with like maybe more talkative, more communicative than the first uh, part of Aquarius season. And then the third decan is uh, the sub ruler is Venus. And so it makes those Aquarians potentially a little bit more interpersonal, meaning better with other working with others, maybe more romantic, maybe more creative than the other Aquarians. So if you have two rulers, you the first one that I wrote down is your primary ruler, but you share that with everyone else who is also your sign. And then your secondary ruler, think of it as like um, your secondary color that you wear. So like, let's say you walk around wearing like all yellow, maybe your secondary like pop of color is green or something like that, that would be the sub ruler. So it's just nuances to the hero of you know, the description of them being a little bit more nervous, but you are a pure Libra in that yeah. sense. If I remember correctly, you were an Aquarius or you are an Aquarius, correct? Yes. Yeah. No, it's, but even just reading, um, I'm an Aquarius moon too. So I'm, and I'm, I'm very air heavy and very air dominant. Um, I don't actually have any water in my inner planets, just in the cosmic. I know I'm all air and wow. fire and a little wow. earth. I have some earth. Yeah. My rising is in Capricorn. So that keeps me grounded. I think that's always why I vibed with my Virgo side, but reading the day of September 22nd, I feel like you pull in my Aquarius moon to be, I just couldn't believe like, that's what's, um, similar to Ali. It's like, whether I want to, um, 
it like whether I like the qualities about myself or not. Um, I was like, how it's just it, I think it's just a testament to your gifts. And, and I know, I think there is obviously gifts that I think everyone has access to, but some of us really choose to explore and, um, hone in on. And again, you've done it in such a grounded way, right? Like a grounded way. And because we talk so much, Ali and I, about language and how limiting Mm -hmm. language can be. And yes, like other than actually talking about tarot and numerology and astrology, your language isn't limiting, right? You're even hearing the way you described, like what is tarot? It's this card game, right? That this is where it comes from. I just think I would love to see that as where even in the wellness space, in the esoteric space, if we can go there, because I think it would allow more people to access these modalities if we could just get a little grounded in the way we talk about them sometimes, you know, personally. And I think that's, first of all, that's so um, observant of you because I'm really, really, really motivated by that because I, I, like I'm telling you guys, I did not grow up in a family where we, first of all, atheists, secondly, like all of this is spiritual nonsense to my parents and they're obviously loving and they're supportive, et cetera, but communicating with people who don't get this stuff is such a big part of my life and finding ways to make it not sound so woo woo because I don't I think that none of this stuff is crazy and I don't think it has to sound so uh I don't know like puffy or something and so I I I really am motivated by like, can the novice read this book and can the skeptic read this book? And like you guys were describing in some ways, the way that it's written ideally should give so much room for your own creative take on it. I didn't want to write things that were so precise that you couldn't see yourself in it. So long story short is yes, I'm very motivated by how can we make this space not seem like it's, it's only involved at Burning Man or something like that. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Um, so I'm curious, like I'm kind of going through, gosh, there's, I mean, all 365. (laughs) One of the things that like, maybe you touched on earlier, but I think, I think our audience, it would be worth breaking down. And I think I understand it, but I just want to clarify in the context of the tarot component, there are the elements, right? Okay. So, and in the context of astrology, there are the elements. We have earth, water, fire, air. I was like, which one am I missing? Oh, the one that I have none of in my chart, which is air. <laughs> um, like a true Aries forgotten it. So why Erica and I balance each other. Um, yes. But so is that, so my question in this, as I'm like flipping through all the different components, is that how the tarot and the astrology interact? A hundred percent. So observant of you. I'm proud of myself. (laughs) Yes. So again, like, um, this is not just specific to me, but tarot practitioners find a a lot of overlap between those two practices. And so, yeah, there's, um, okay. So of what's called the minor arcana, which is a subset of the tarot deck, there's uh, four suites. And so it's cups, which okay. is equivalent to water. So water signs. Yeah. It's um, pentacles, which is equivalent to earth signs. And then there's uh, wands, which is equivalent to fire signs. 
And then the last one is soars, which is equivalent to air signs. And so when I'm thinking about each of your minor arcana for the day, I'm absolutely relating it to the astrology. So, okay, this hero is a water sign. So their minor arcana is going to be in the cup suite, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I'm glad. Thank you for touching on that because I... I wanted, I thought that's what it was as I've, I've been reading, but um, I just wanted to like, it's actually not, it's like once you break it down, it's actually not that as complicated as it can seem. And so for our listeners who might be new to this in the way that I am in some ways too, like especially with the tarot, I mean, I've used tarot cards for fun before, but not like, I don't know anything about kind of the structure of it. Um, I wanted to sort of like touch on that so that when we're people are reading it or exploring it for themselves, that it does break down and have these overlaps as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious too, what is your favorite part? I know this might be a weird question, but I'm like, what is your favorite part about astrology or numeral? Like what, what really like lights your soul up when doing this work, especially now as somebody who has done this for so long. Right. And it's your job, yeah. right? Cause what is still lighting you up or what continues to light you up about this world? I think, um, I think synchronicity, like I think something really geeks me out about like the world has so many patterns and I don't know how to explain it. Like, um, if you're willing to look for meaning within life, you can find it kind of everywhere. And I think what I really like about all three of these practices, and again, everyone can use them differently, but my experience with them is they're so generous and they're so compassionate and they're so kind. Like when I was writing this, and I was putting names to each one of like the tarot cards, for example, like calling, um, let's say the lover's choice or what's a better example. Oh, for example, there's this card called death and that's the name of it in a tarot suite. And I got to rename it transition. And what I was for the sake of you getting to know this card within the book, it's not me rebranding the tarot or something, but what I was amazed by is um, there's so much compassion within these practices and they make you feel like even when you're in the worst of times or when you're in such a weird period of your life or society's in a weird period of life, there's meaning in everything. And like every transition has something to be gained from it. So I think what I'm constantly floored by is that I feel supported by these practices in every phase of my life. And then being able to mirror them to clients, or in this case, being able to connect with people through a book, it just makes me feel like we all share this sort of like mythical, magical quality to us where yes, we're human beings, but we're also, I think, first and foremost, spiritual beings. And there's a ton of which we can connect to in a lot of these practices. So I don't know, I just am am geeked out by this idea of nothing is coincidence, I think, or I I don't know, there's meaning in everything or something. I'm I'm still unpacking exactly what all this means to me, but I just think it's all so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. This has been such a treat, such a beautiful conversation. Um, yeah, it's so wonderful to see you again and have you back. And yeah, as, as we begin to wrap up, we always conclude with, unless Ali, were you about to ask something else? Sorry, we can cut. No, I was just gonna, I was just gonna make the observation. You're talking about patterns and, um, the, the synchronicity of things. And 
it's interesting because that also, as much as this is like, these are spiritual tools or whatever life tools that you can use. There are also like a ton of patterns and synchronicities within the context of the natural world and the human body and science. And so I think there is an overlap to that, to like seeing patterns and numbers and things like that. It's not, um, it's not that far fetched from like the world of science where there are repetitive patterns and that we can't explain necessarily or numbers and sequences that, um, exist all around us in from, you know, you know, plants and our fingertips and whatever it might be. So I just wanted to like, when you were talking, I was kind of noticing that, um, the overlap there. It's so interesting that you say that because a really, really healing thing that happened to me while I was writing the book was, wow, my job is not that different than my parents because they seem almost like diametrically opposed to each other. But I realized like my, cause my parents are researchers and professors and I realized their entire job is to make observations and to ask really big questions. And I think all three of these practices do the exact same thing. We're all just looking to understand what the hell is going on in, in a beautiful way. And so, yeah, I think that's a really keen observation because I think I observed the same thing while writing the book. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for joining thank us you today. <laughs> Such. And as we begin to wrap up, we do conclude with three wrap-up questions. And I am not sure if they were the same last time you were here. I don't think they yeah. were. So the first is, what is your self-care routine? What are your self-care non-negotiables? What do you do every day to fill up your own cup? I love it. Um So I pray, I'm not religious, uh, but I say four different prayers for my own practice every single morning. And that just makes me feel like, okay, even if the day goes to shit, at least I asked for help, you know, like at least I turned this over from the get go. And um, I recovered from an eating disorder over the past like four years. And so a big part of my self care is eating. I know it sounds really silly, but like eating three meals a day is really, really important to my sanity. And, um, and then the last thing that I do is like taking care of my dog. So I think we share very similar needs, like going for walks and being able to get outside and stuff like that. So I think those are my three pillars, prayer, uh, eating enough and being able to be outside. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, what does being courageous mean to you? Uh, I think just being like, I think being honest with myself, I don't necessarily feel like it has to turn outward to being honest with other people. I think a willingness to look at my side of the street and, and being willing to say where I was prideful or where I was stuck in ego, maybe where I was fearful. So I think for me, courage looks like just not trying to, get away with things and just owning that I'm an imperfect human being. So that's courage for me. Mm. And do you have, our final question is, do you have a book or a piece of content that you would like to recommend to our audience that has meant something to you other than your own? Yes, I have two. One is I just want to recommend um, a a tarot practitioner who I've just absolutely Mm. fallen in love with. Not so much for you to go get a reading from her, but for you to listen to her podcast or to explore her work. But 
Lindsay Mack. Uh, she's tarot for the wild soul. Mm -hmm. I just think her way of talking about tarot is so beautiful. So that's one very um, online piece that I would recommend. And then my favorite spiritual book is um, uh, it's based on, oh my God, why is it blanking me? Uh, oh, A Return to Love by mm. Marianne Williamson, which is based on The Course of a Course in Miracles. But um yeah, that book kind of changed my life and changed my perspective on things. Those are my two recommendations. I know you asked for one. Thank you. No, those are great. Okay. And are you still working with clients? Are you still doing readings? So I'm paused for now. I think I'm just rejigging. Like I haven't changed my offerings in five years and mm. I really need to do that. So I would say I ha I'm undecided. So oh. if you want to get on my mailing list, I'll let you guys know. Well, perfect. So if anyone wants to find you, follow you, buy your book, where can they do all of those things? Instagram's my biggest hub. Um, I'm not on any other platform. So Instagram. And then if you go to my website, nadinejaneastrology.com, there's an opt-in opt for my mailing list. So I would say Instagram or mailing list are the two best places. Great. Thank you so much again, Nadine. It was so nice to Thank have you, you back. So, but Thank you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica and we're Courageous Wellness.